Alrighty, guys, welcome to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis Special 21 Punk Salute episode, where intelligent dissonant thought meets melodic euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Catsaurus, broadcasting to you live from the shadow of Hurricane Mountain here in Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my percussively proficient co host, straight from Charm City, Mr. Odell Norman. What is up? Happy holidays. Hey, you too, man. You too. So we are heading into the deep future, 2018. Is it time for me to change the intro? We've been doing that for like two years. <laughs> it's so 2016, man. We got we to gotta move on. <laughs> yeah, should we put on like um, tinfoiled outfits and be like, in the year 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. Every day is precarious, so you might as well um, switch things up and be silly, right? That's that's it. That is it, man. All righty. And lurking back there in the shadows with the bow whip keeping us in fucking line, because I tend to go off on tangents, is our beautiful, (laughs) amazing performer. Um, Actually, we haven't done an episode since we talked AGT with her, Matt, and RL. That's right. Yes. So, I officially don't know anything until at least February is when I've been told that the producers for AGT will start calling people. I unofficially don't know anything either. But, um, I have to say, they'd be stupid not to pick me. So, you know. <laughs> I concur. And also, um, Odell, this I think we can talk about. Everybody yeah. that was there, they cut a promo in the different cities of everybody like running to the doors and stuff all frantically. And they okay. told us to be as crazy as we can. So I did the fucking jock asshole even Steven dance up to oh, the no. platform. 30 <laughs> takes of me covering my eyes and moshing through the crowd. So let's see if I make it on the TV. Did you have Sally with you or, or <laughs> no? I did not have Sally. That would have been Sally's nice. Sally's been retired permanently. Thankfully, I don't think I would even make it in the fucking building if I had Sally with me. Yeah. Now they did say though that everybody that participated in that shot that they would get everybody in there. So it may, you know, be an elbow or an, an you know, like the top of your hair, but everybody's in there. Uh, no, but they had us do it like 10 times. So I kept telling everybody, I said, okay, this isn't America's Got Talent anymore. This is America's Still Got Energy after you've done this 10 times and in me, in these, you know, wedge boots and everything else. And I'm just like, oh my God. But no, it, it was great. It was. Fun. I was just riding high off the dumb assery of it all, <laughs> of how I was just being a total moron. So it kept my energy uh, level up. Yeah. All right, um, we've got Danny on the line, so, but before we get to her, I want to touch on this real quick with you. We haven't done any news in a while. I want yeah. to kind of talk about the musicians. We do this every year who passed away in 2017. Um, had some big ones. Tom Petty, of course, was a devastating loss. Fats yeah. Domino, the first thing I thought when I heard Fats Domino died was, wait, that dude's still alive? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I remember like Blueberry Hill on fucking Happy Days. That guy's still around. Good for him. But yeah, yeah Tom Petty, that was a shock. He was fairly young. I think he was in his late fifties, early sixties, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was a shock because it was one of those things that I remember. Well, they're always a shock, but that one was really because I had no clue. You know, because Tom Petty seems like he keeps it pretty close to the vest, and. um 
and it just sort of, at least for me, and I maybe I missed something, but it was just one of the things that all of a sudden was just like, it popped up on my newsfeed, and I was like, holy cow. And yeah, it was one of those where you sit down for a second, because <laughs> um, Tom Petty was one of those. Everybody was like, fake, nobody could believe it, so everybody was like, fake, fake, he's not there. Yeah, well, that's the thing that you have to be careful of nowadays, is that you do have people that, there's sites that purposely put, you know, uh, that put deaths out there that have already happened like two years ago. And so I guess some people just don't realize and they're always like, oh my gosh, this person passed. And you're like, yeah, they, they passed like two years ago. Yeah, every and two months other... fucking Don Knotts shows up on my feed. Don yeah, Knotts, yeah. People are like, oh my God, I can't take it. I'm like, you know, died died a while like ago. <laughs> 2012 or some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but as you go through and you check sources and all that, and you're like, wow, nope, Tom Petty did pass. And, uh, yeah, the music world lost a great one to him. I, yeah. I, that guy broke a, a lot of barriers, man. Yeah, and I remember watching a VH1 storytellers about him and how his drummer got pissed off. He got fired and burnt his fucking house down, burnt Tom Petty's house down. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God. I mean, we've had some fights in even Steven, but Paco never tried to burn my fucking house down. <laughs> That's a little extreme. Not God. as we know it. Yeah. yeah, as we know, yeah, he might have been sitting out front of my house, like drunk with the gas can, like this motherfucker. But as far as I know, he's never lit my house on fire. I yeah, uh, yeah. Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. Oh Park. yeah, yeah, I that was yeah. His name Christopher Christopher Wong Wan from Two Live Crew. There's a throwback. Yeah. yeah. Um, Greg Allman, of course, another classic. Chris Cornell. I mean, how could we forget yeah. about that? I, I know I'm burning through these. Um, Jay Giles, another one. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. And uh, Chuck Berry, actually, I think he put out an album not too long before he passed, if I'm not mistaken. He was um, 90. And Fast yeah. Domino was 89. Yeah. Uh, a prodigy from uh, the hip hop group Bob Deep, who was uh, in the hip hop world. He was like an icon, uh, especially like an underground icon. He uh, passed away, too. That was another one of those that was like, what? Where did that come from? Like, you weren't expecting that. Yeah, Malcolm oh. Young. Um, just a production note here. We had to get Dave in here early, so we pre-recorded with Dave Smalley. But when you listen on archive, that segment will be in there. But uh, yeah. Malcolm Young, we were just talking about yeah. Dave. Oh, um, yeah. DC, DC. David Cassidy, of course, from Partridge Family. Um, and Al, I guess he Al had Dero. a career outside yeah. of that. So here's the big question heading into 2018, because we do these shows every year. Last year was insane. Does this year feel as quite as crazy with all the deaths as the show we did last year? We did a whole episode about the deaths of 2016. No, I don't. I don't know if it's because we sort of got numb to it, or uh, or, but it was. It last year felt at least on a David Bowie scale. and Prince in one year. Yeah, yeah, and it is. It, it felt like not only just with musicians but with actors too. That it was these really inherent chunks of like my childhood and my teenage years that had a heavy influence. And it was one of the things that I could relate back to like my parents when um, certain people pass that they remember and they're just like, Oh man, I can't believe, you know, he passed or, or Dude, she my passed. grandmother was in tears when Lucille Ball passed away. Yeah. Yeah. So, so were, so were my parents. I was actually upset because I mean, I didn't know Lucille Ball, but I grew up watching those reruns. Like when I was homesick from school or during the summer, Every morning it was, you know, I Love Lucy and, and I Dream of Jeannie and all those shows were on. That was, that was TV at the time. 
so you got attached to those people and 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 uh and yeah i remember when when she passed my mom yeah and and then of course the ground that they broke as well as actors actresses and musicians that you know that tells a lot um like when princess leia died carrie fisher died that oh was a, yeah that was that was a stunner that blew a lot of people away so but so many people going into 2000, like, I feel like all those people passing in 2016 was a bad omen for 2017. And now mm-hmm. I'm going into 2018, maybe with just a spidge more optimism. I don't, I don't have the specter of doom breathing down my neck quite as much as it, I felt right. like it was going into 2017. No, no, neither do I. Neither do I. All right. Well, I think that's a positive note to move the show along on before we get like into our emo holes. D, who do we have coming up? Um, I guess the only thing we really have solidly scheduled is our end of the year show. So tell us about the end of the year show. Yes, our end of the year show will be five hours. Five, if not longer. Adele, are you making an appearance? Are we going to hear from you during that five hours? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just got to find the time, but definitely. <laughs> right on. I'm sorry, D. Go ahead. You're fine. Hey, and remember, if anybody misses any of that show or any of this show or you want to go back and listen to it or whatever, it's really easy. Listen close. You go to www.tincan.media and hit enter. That's it. None of this. Also, go to the YouTube channel because me yes. and Odell just hung out with the pissed. And I did an interview with Al and um, Brian, Bill, and Aaron from April's house in the big giant ball pit. And we did yeah. a pissed interview, and I did my first editing job. I don't know how yeah. well it turned out. You did good. And so it's interwoven with concert footage, um, or show footage, I should say. And, um, yeah, I'm kind of proud that I was able to pull it off at all. But I'm sure in a year I'll be like, oh, my God, what a shitty job I did on that. No, Once I get good. the skills sharp. You do really good. And as an added bonus, if you head either to Tin Can Media or our YouTube, um, there's a Christmas song there for you. And I sang yeah. it. And it's not terrible. So there's It'll that. make your toes <laughs> twinkle. It's so good. <laughs> Um, Yeah, but the end of the year show, that is going to be on the 29th, so that's next Friday, and we are going to have, (sighs) I gotta take a deep breath for this one, we're going to have William Sanderson, Travis Harmon, Allison Klemp, Mike Bushman, B-Squid, The Library Barge, John Lear, Angela Golner, Jenny Jaffe, Joe Castro, Deborah Lamb, Yuri Baranofsky, Steve Trash, and I want to say there's one more, but I may be incorrect. John C. Hall from King John Hall, yes. I mean, it's going to be, like, really? I And here I thought you'd had enough with that 12-hour show when we first started the network. But no. Did you just, we've been together eight years. Don't you know it's never a fuck enough for me? Never? That's true. That's true. Um, and tonight's going to be a fun night. never run us over. That's right. Uh, tonight we've got a few more guests ahead, and we will, of course, have um, that Dave Smalley segment tacked on the end of this episode. So just uh, later on this week, head over to tincan.media and look for the musical Osmosis Square. You can't miss it. All right, well, why don't you hit that beautiful, beautiful Feathers music, and we'll get Danny Cox in here. Yeah, yeah.
Alrighty, Danny, are you with us? Hi. Hello, happy Hi holidays, here. and thanks for calling in. <laughs> How you guys doing, all right? Yeah, we're just wrapping doing up well, the year. Doing well. I want to thank you for helping us wrap this year up. I want to jump into all things Danny Cox and Feathers, but you being um, across the pond, as they say, I've got to ask you before we wax musical, what are people out your way thinking about what's going on in this country politically right now? Are they just, are their heads exploding how crazy things are in America right now? I just, yeah, I just can't believe it myself, you know, uh, especially what America's going through and what we're going through too. It's absolutely yeah. insane. It's like these, you know, my, my thoughts on it is that there are these, just these jokers completely, well, pretending or at least telling the media and telling the, telling how we live that they're ruling the place. And actually I think it's some kind of joke. I'm still waiting for the punchline, but, um, Every time I expect a punchline, it seems to just be more blasphemy. You know, it's just yeah. A that's a punchline I don't want to stick around for. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it, terrible. All right, well, let's move into happier thoughts because you just had a birthday. I think this past Friday, so happy belated birthday! Oh, and thank you. Happy birthday! Yeah, thank you so much. I'm wearing my birthday of... suit right now. Nice. It's... I know everybody likes to hear that, right, Adele? <laughs> No, mm -hmm. it's okay. It's a cow onesie. Don't worry. Nice. Oh, okay. <laughs> Way to ruin it. Um, what kind of debauchery did you get into for your birthday weekend? Um, I, I pretty much sat around in my cow onesie. <laughs> nice. No, I, 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 think, I think what I got up to doesn't need to be on air right now. Uh, all right, all right. I, I'll <laughs> let you off the hook. Okay, let's talk um, feathers because I'm trying to look forward. I always talk to people about their past and their career because I'm so interested in what makes the people I'm fans are kind of tick and who they are today. But this is all about looking forward this episode. I know you're getting ready to head into the studio. You've got some new members. Why don't you tell me about um, what what the feathers have coming up in 2018 and who's the new additions to the band and when we can expect some new music. Well, you know, when you just started the show and started sort of talking about the deaths of 2017, I was just kind of sitting here going, wow, actually that's really kind of strange because, um, yeah, for, for about a year and maybe two years, because actually since, you know, I think the, the doom of 2016 and everything that happened then, you know, it's just kind of wishy-washied itself into like every time you go on Facebook or social media, someone's died. So mm -hmm. it's been kind of a, <laughs> it's been kind of a really strange time. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, it was a really strange time. I mean, the end of last year was completely awful for, for the band. Well, actually, yeah, you can't, you know, you can't make an omelet without breaking eggs. Well, I'm vegan, so I don't really want to use eggs. But, you know, you can't make something without breaking something, you know. So it's been a case this year of finding how it's just been kind of strange to just be blessed finally um, with band members that actually are incredible musicians. Right and it's on. Something that I've worked, it's great. something that I've worked very, very hard for 
the past couple of years of being the feathers, you know, I was just so sort of convicted with my dreams and my ambitions and the things that I wanted to do. I just kind of, you know, make, make mend and, and, and do sort of thing, just make whatever I had at the time. And at the time I had a dodgy bassist, you know, and I wasn't too good on guitar. And we just kind of just, you know, my drummer was the only thing that was really kind of, you know, keeping us together. And we just, you know, we just kind of just, you know, get through these get through these years, get through these episodes of different band members coming in and out. And yeah, pretty much most of my ex band members hate me. Probably not as much wow. as Tom Petty's band members, but yeah, you know, no one's heading to your house with really the old have petrol. A house to burn down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they could burn your cow onesie, and that would be far more tragic. Oh, really? Yeah, especially if I was wearing it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, you were on um, January, so it's been almost a full year. Do you feel like you're in a, I guess you feel like you're in a totally different headspace now, right? Than when we talked to you in January. Yeah, I think when you last spoke to me in January, I think, you know, I, I, I just literally just sort of broke up my last lineup and then I had a new lineup coming on and we hadn't really done any shows. And, um, you know, we went in the studio and we were doing some stuff. And around about that time, you know, I'd been kind of in the studio myself. When I was in a band for a while with people who were just kind of using the fact that I had or I had or the band had done all these great and amazing things. And you just get these kind of joyriders. And mm -hmm. it was just kind of at the time just really bringing me down because as a person, as a musician, as a performer, you know, I'm not one of these egotistical people that just kind of, you know, use people and just kind of, you know, shit all over people. It wasn't like that at all. But then when also when you're really driven and all you kind of see is what you want to do, a lot of people don't understand that either because people don't like or they don't understand. Amen. Very so <laughs> I'm a very misunderstood person, therefore not many people like me. But I'm not here to be liked. I'm here to do what I want to do. So, you know, I'm very blessed at the end of this year to come towards the end of a year where we've done really fantastic shows. We're starting to play really amazing places. And uh, we're going into the studio now, literally next month and to crack on some more material. Nice. Well, and as, as a little side of men, we like you, Danny. So you'll <laughs> yeah. always have that. Yeah, but I understand you guys. We're on an understanding level. <laughs> Maybe if we went out and drank beers, though, we would be at each other's throat because I could be a little bit overbearing myself. And I'm very misunderstood, as anybody can tell you. All right. I want to move on to this video I saw on your page. And by the way, whenever I go onto Feather's Facebook, I, I look at these pictures and it reminds me of, like, my crew in the 90s. I mean, you guys are having so much fucking fun. Every I, I know nobody's going to post, like, the pictures of being bummed out and sitting on a bucket. But when I look at these pictures, they are exceptional. Uh, it just looks like you are always having such a good time. Oh, yeah, we are. We're having a great time. It's, you know, I mean, like, maybe the pictures of me bummed out and sitting on a bucket, you just haven't seen those pictures yet. But I can send them to you if you like. <laughs> <laughs> the ones in your cow onesies, the ones of you sitting in your cow onesies sitting on a bucket looking all emo oh. would be a dream come true. I'll make that my Christmas card. <laughs> I'll try and reenact really that for you, but before the year's out. There you go. It's nice to have dreams. All right, let's talk about this Lurkers video that I saw on your um, page. I went, I had never heard of Lurkers. One of the reasons okay. I love doing this is I constantly get turned on to new music that I don't think would have came across my radar otherwise. Um, and 
I just kind of wanted to talk a minute about we played some lurkers. We played you doing the guest spot on there to start to show up. How did this ca- collaboration come about? Because I really dug the video. And I'm glad you sent me that song to play on air. Oh, thank you. No, it's been brilliant. Is that, well, the Lurkers were one of the first punk bands from the UK in 1977. Mm. And the first punk single to ever be released was The Damned. But also at the same time released on Beggar's Banquet Records was The Lurkers. And now since The Lurkers, up until now, you know, 40 years later, they, they have a different lineup. And that is... Um, some bassist who was well, his name was Arturo. He was in he was in the Lurkers for about a couple. He was in the Lurkers for a small period of time, but because the Lurkers decided not to play gigs anymore, he is now taking the Lurkers music around the UK and Europe, and and that's all people have ever heard of and think that is the Lurkers. But in fact, the Lurkers, the real Lurkers, the original Lurkers, is what I've been collaborating with recently. Um, okay. And and that and that's what you hear there. That's that's their comeback single. And yeah, the video is really strange. When when we were first doing this video, I thought this this isn't going to work. You know, this is 2017, and this is really old school. I mean, I love old school. You know, I absolutely love old school. But I was just kind of thinking, is this going to work? But then when it was edited and actually posted up, I thought, bloody hell, this is actually really good. You know, this is really yeah, I thought so really authentically 70s but also with a kind of twist of what the hell's going on here you know (laughs) and that's a little (laughs) bit like me I suppose that's just me in a nutshell really (laughs) so how did you kind of get hooked up with those guys to do this collaboration well the drummer um he's called Pete Haynes he's also a an author he's a he's a well-known author in the UK you should check out his 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 work um I've known Pete Haynes Manic so his his stage name um, for a, a good couple of years actually, um, and we just kind of hooked up, and he just said, you know, Danny, why don't you just come in the studio with us and sing on some of our tracks because their original singer doesn't really sing anymore, and you know he's kind ah. of not really in the scene anymore. So they just it wasn't a case of we're going to release a single, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. It was just literally a case of, we've written a song, would you like to sing on it? And I was like, yeah, of course, brilliant. Because it was very therapeutic at the time. I was going through a lot of sort of stressful things with my own personal life, with my band, with everything. So it was very very sort of therapeutic to just go away with a bunch of guys, you know, without the kind of, you know, yeah, okay, they're legends. I mean, in the UK, they are living legends. But without all that hype, just to go into a studio and, and just sort of put down some music uh, and not really get too worked up about it because it was just something I could just do and I enjoyed doing, you know. So it was it was really therapeutic for me. And then all of a sudden, they get sort of hooked up with Human Punk and um, Damaged Good Records, which is all sort of like independent UK label. And... Um, and then they released it on a seven-inch single, and they've sold out. So that's brilliant. We're now being stocked in Rough Trade. I don't know if you've got Rough Trade over there. No. But um, uh, it's just another kind of really cool record place. Um, and it, and it's really making a name for itself. I mean, we've been played on BBC Music um, by Steve Lamack, and it's been really exciting, actually, from just kind of doing something just so kind of um, small to it getting so big. It's been really fun. Oh, that's right. cool. 
All right, let me do this because we're just doing these kind of 20-minute clips for this wrap-up, but I do want to play this okay. song you sent me. I got to listen to it twice in the time that I had. I, Andres, I know you had written it. You had said you'd written it after David Bowie passed. Give us some context to this because we're going to play a little bit of this song. Sure, sure. Well, um, when David Bowie died, David Bowie was one of my, was my hero, was my absolute you know, star, you know, he was everything that I sort of, I can't even tell you how much I love that guy and how much I still yeah, love that guy. Yeah, I can imagine. And the affiliation that I also had with him, you know, was sort of, um, he knew about my band and, you know, that kind of connection that we finally made with each other just before he passed. Um, I came, I went into the studio um, when things were going a bit apeshit with my earlier lineup with my band and people dropping out and you know I just kind of decided to just write a song as soon as David Bowie died I, I and I found out the news that he had passed I came up with this song and um I, I went into the studio with uh Fabian Quest from Cuddly Toys I don't know if you guys know about Cuddly Toys but they mm. were another sort of UK you should check them out because um Bowie I and definitely Bowie. will wrote a song for, for them called Madman. Um, so they were really strongly affiliated with Mark Boland and David Bowie. And okay. the, the lead guitarist decided to just come and do some recordings with me in the studio of that band, Cuddly Toys. And so um, he, we were sat together whilst we were collaborating on this one track I wrote. And he was telling me about his memories of David Bowie. And when David Bowie in the 70s lived in Chelsea in London, he would, his dress up would be um, glasses and a sort of um, a hat. And, and he would wear, he would carry around a huge Greek newspaper and he would kind of pretend that he was reading it. And people would stop him for photographs and go, oh, David Bowie, can we have photos with you? And, wow. and he would just go, I, Andreas, I, Andreas. He would pretend ah. that he was like Greek. <laughs> And say like I am Andreas. <laughs> like he doesn't. He like he. And that's that. And that's why I called this track "I Andreas." <laughs> that is a, an amazing story. Is this like? Is that something? I don't. Odell, have you ever heard that story before? I'm wondering if that's something the average person could even resource that story. No, I've never heard that story before. And like, I think the last time Danny came on, she she said some stories about that, like real intimate stories about like. Uh, just the boy connection George. between you guys, and then yeah, boy George as well. That no one. I'm has not making ever it up. Of. I promise. <laughs> oh no, no, I would trust me. <laughs> I hope not, because that's a sweet ass story. All right, let's play. I some really wish I, I could Andreas. make up these things. <laughs> let's play a couple minutes of I I Andreas D.
All righty. Yeah, you can tell there's a lot of passion in that song. <laughs> yeah, it was um it was just a song of just like all these um all these things going wrong and things going wrong in my life and things going wrong in everyone else's life and and everyone dying and and it was just like things will get better whether that's supposed to be said ironically or positively at all I don't know <laughs> at the time I just kind of wrote it. <laughs> So, and that's yeah, the that's thing fun. about music. You always hear these horror stories of like D. Snyder is like the typical example of these guys who get like the mansion and the cars and the success and all their dreams come true. And they're like, fuck, I don't have anything to write about anymore. I'm not pissed off anymore. I'm not like I'm not struggling anymore. Do you ever worry yeah. that success could like totally ruin Danny Cox? Or is that are you un- comfortable enough with yourself where you know that could never happen? Oh, no, I, I don't really think success could ever ruin me because um, I don't find mansions and cars and being rich successful. You know, um, I think Beautiful. what kind of... I think what kind of ruins me is um, is living in a life where I'm where I have two options, and that is to give in or to get on. And even though that's a really difficult thing to kind of, you know, say, you know, I'm, I'm one person that's kind of really kind of in tune with depression and anxiety and and all the other things that kind of make people unique and um, live. And uh, I I don't do this to to be um, in a mansion or or have riches and whatever. You know, (laughs) I I like wearing rags. And um, (laughs) it's like... (laughs) That's the best quote I've heard in a long time. (laughs) And no, I just think um, being being uh, successful is not about that. I think finding, getting through the day is successful. Writing good music is successful. Recording good music is successful. Doing this radio show with you guys is successful. Woo-hoo! You know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really appreciative of everything that I endure during my life. You know, and whatever comes next is a surprise, and I look forward to it. Odell, how's it feel to be like defined as hanging out on air with us as being successful? Usually I'm a wrecking ball. It's nice to know I'm putting some positive into the world. <laughs> well, you know, you know, some successful people ride naked on wrecking balls. So yeah, you yeah. lucky. Very sad. <laughs> Odell, are you still with us? No, I think it's a, I think it's a pr- honor and a privilege. And I know uh, I speak for Nick. We, um, as long as what you're doing and you love to, keep doing what you're doing and you get those jitters when you go on stage and you get those, those that brush when you go in the studio, keep doing it, man. I, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's fine where I, I'm in my mid forties and I still, I don't play like I used to play, but you know, twice a month I get together with guys that I've traveled a lot of spaces with and, and we still jam out and, and that's that outlet that we love. And, you know, we'll probably be old men still doing it. So I, I, I applaud you. At least until my yeah, 80th I, birthday when we've all promised to meet at a cabin and eat LSD together until we all do yeah. it. <laughs> at least until then. That too. <laughs> all right, let's do this. Um, we got to get out of here with you, Danny. It's always a delight to have you on. But as you're leaving, kind of tell us what do you want people to know about the feathers going into 2018? Because I feel like you guys are in a totally different place now. So why don't you tell the listeners, what do you want them to know about the band and the things that are coming up in the next year? Well, in, in the next year is, I think, as always with 
the new year arising it's always going to be very very special and very different and very surprising you know so for people who don't know who i am i'm danny cox hi and we're <laughs> i'm in a band <laughs> called the feathers and we are uh flock rock <laughs> yes <laughs> good old I flock rock up. i made that up myself i know how cool is that i'm so <laughs> talented <laughs> <laughs> Well, we did a similar thing with even Steven. I think we talked about it last time. I told Odell, I was like, we're going to be saucy punk. That way we'll be the best saucy punk band out there because we'll be the only saucy yeah. punk band. So we kind of, we have so many different things that we're, yeah. I'm also the only consistent member in even Steven, just like you are with the feathers. So we kind of got that kinship going on across the pond. Oh, no, wait, my drummer, my drummer is a consistent member from the years as well. Yeah, that's know? right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was he from the beginning? Because I thought I read recently you were the only oh, no, original member the, left. Oh yeah, I am the former. Yeah, I, I am the. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, my my famous cousin, he's dead now, but he founded the Rolling Stones, so I founded the Feathers. So we're, we're founders in the. There's See? lots of founders in the family. So <laughs> you can't just leave that hanging out there. Who is your cousin? <laughs> okay, who I'll put it back in. Sorry. Oh my. Oh, uh, Brian Jones. Yeah. Yeah. He passed last year, right? No, Brian Jones or, died. No, in uh, no, no, yeah, I'm talking Saint about Marcus somebody. Morrison, I think. <laughs> wow, yep. every time I have you on, I learn more and more about your history. It's amazing. I know you're starting to sound like all my boyfriends. I mean, all my exes. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> all my exes and boyfriends <laughs> and partners and, and everyone else. Well, I think we've shared a lot, Danny. <laughs> So I, I could put myself in like honorary ex-boyfriend. Let's just skip the whole relationship and all the fucking mess at the end of relationships. And I'll just be an honorary ex. Can you put me on that list? Okay, I'll update my Wikipedia right now. There you go. <laughs> no better way to end an episode. All right, I want to thank you so much for calling in today. Tell everybody where they can find you and the feathers on the interwebs. Oh, well, you can find us in all the boring spots, Twitter, Facebook, Google. You know, we've got a Wikipedia page, but I don't do that, actually. My super, super fan, David Mantel, he does that. He's been following us for a long time, and he does all that stuff. You just type in the feathers with a Z or type in Danny Cox or just type in weirdo in Okawansi, and I'm sure you'll find us, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably find some things I don't want to see if I type yeah. that into the Google machine. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna leave that alone because I have to. Yeah. <laughs> Odell, next time I'm at your house, I'll I'll type that into your computer. Is that a fair yeah, enough thanks. bargain? <laughs> All righty, Danny. Ooh. I want to thank you so much for calling in today. As always, it's a pleasure, and we'll be in touch. You have a happy New Year's. You too. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Right. Thank you. Hey, so Adele, we're getting ready to have one of my punk rock heroes on. And I know I say that a lot. Not a lot. I think <laughs> I've got about 20 punk rock heroes. But Rick Sims definitely is in that list. The digits. Oh, Rick Sims. Yeah, the digits. Uh, dude, super uh, Man. Guys are strippers. I, but digits. Yeah, I, think, I was actually going to sing a digits song at my wedding, but the band wrecked their van and didn't make it. And you remember how fucking crazy yeah. my wedding is was. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. two. That was two marriages ago. But I was going <laughs> to actually sing a digits song at my wedding. That and I was going to do Five Thousand Miles by Down by Law, and I was going to do Al Camino. Weirdly enough. 
from the digits at my wedding. Well, at the reception, not at the wedding. That would be too over yeah. the top even for me. But at the reception, <laughs> I was going to do those two songs with the band that we hired. And then they were going to do whatever their wedding singer music after that. But I felt yeah. so passionately about the digits. I had to do one of their songs at my wedding. So it's always an honor when I get to talk to these guys. And they're always just as cool as you hope they would be. Yeah, Rick. Rick's an incredible dude. Uh, uh, yeah, and the Digits, I've been a big fan of theirs uh, for a, a long time as well. So, just they're just so good. Just, just good. It's good music, man. I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's just good. <laughs> it's driving. It's like really good driving. Like it's good yeah. music to have as a soundtrack when you're like at one of the best parties. When you're at like a really yeah party and there's beautiful women around and you're having a great time and you're just having like bonding moments with your friends it's always good to hear digits warrior soul um i would put no effects in that group dag nasty yep. I mean, so many bands that were the soundtrack of our youth and a digit was one of them so let's um do a little digits intro here and get rick in here d hit it We are back. Rick, are you with us from Chicago? I am here. How's it going? It's going good, hey. man. <laughs> hey. Who, who have thank I got you. here? Um, this is Nick, of course, my co-host Adele, same as last time, and our producer right. is lurking in the shadows somewhere. Lurk, lurk, lurk. <laughs> there uh, she is. So, uh, <laughs> of course, want to thank you for calling in. Happy holidays. Adele, are we still allowed to say that? Or is the war on Christmas over and that violates the fucking Treaty of Rudolph? Can I still say <laughs> happy ho fucking holidays? I'm is good with it. <laughs> All right. I don't want to offend anybody. Um, <laughs> before we get started, Rick, I got to tell you a story. I think I posted it on your Facebook, too. This is a true story. We went to do, well, D went to do an audition for America's Got Talent. We were stuck. I never thought I would see traffic worse in D.C., we were stuck in Atlanta traffic to the point where I was twitching, and I had to put some digits on to focus me and get through it. Your band stopped me from, like, my impending road rage. Well, you must have been really fucked up then, because, I mean, that's the last thing I'd want to put on to calm me down was digits. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it it redirected my focus. Sure, man. You know, it's funny because when I get pissed off when I'm feeling like, you know, I want to deal with something, the more ragey the music, the better. It actually calms me down. It's like counterintuitive or something. Yeah, and it's hard to rage during. The song I actually put on was California Surf Queen, and those leads, 
in that song are so incredible. Like they yeah. touch you like deep down. Like I put that on and it was just like, wah, 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 wah. and I was like, ah, like, like the, when um, Bugs Bunny used to play fucking violin for Tasmanian devil to calm him down. That's what I felt like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That was so fucking long ago. Jesus. But that California surf queen, I think we made that song in what? 1983. <laughs> Yeah, oh it stands God. the test of time, though, man, and that's what counts, right? You you left yeah. the footprint, the punk rock footprint, on this planet. Yeah, I was uh, young, crazy, drunk, probably high. Probably <laughs> a lot of my favorite of things. <laughs> <laughs> Just let it all hang out, man. Just like not a care in the world, immortal. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I remember being immortal. I miss those days. Yeah, yeah. I miss my. Oh, we knew what California was about. Yeah, we've <laughs> never been there. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Um, we live in a fucking political furnace right now. In fact, I saw you just brutally destroy some troll that came on your page the other day. Not also do I love Rick Sims, the musician. I love Rick Sims waxing political. Yeah. If the digits were around today, do you think that would have been much more of a political band? Because you guys were such a fun, carefree band in the day. Would you be like an angry, hardcore-ish type band if you were around today, do you think? Or would the politics never touch your music? Oh, well, it's really hard to say. I, I mean, that's it's a good question. I think back then there was a sense of like, politics was, you know, sort of not so not so brutally inhumane right um and it wasn't so um polarized polarizing and it seemed like it was either us it was us against the man you know as opposed to where today it's like republicans versus democrats and if you're one or the other the other side is like evil and the only way you can invoke any sort of correlation is by you know calling them Hitler. And that, so I, I don't know, I would guess, you know, I, I wasn't the same person I'm back then as I am now. So if I was to be who I am now, yeah, I'd probably do, you know, do something like that. But I don't know. I'm, I feel a little more like I would do something under the table that would, I, I, I don't know. I would, I would, I, I guess what I'm saying is that back then, it didn't seem so. I know there was a lot of people like Reagan youth. We must be against Reagan. Blah, blah, blah. He sucks. Dead Kennedy's for instance, you know, very political. And that was just never my, my thing because I was, I wasn't as focused on it back then. And I'm just not sure how anybody, it seems like everybody's focused on it today. seems like it's. Yeah. I mean, a Reagan era media. The Reagan era mm. almost seems quaint mm. now, like before all this craziness, the last few years, Punkers used to look back at the Reagan era and be like, that was the best time for punk rock. And things were like a, like really a political cauldron back then. But now that seems like a fucking episode of the Waltons to me compared to what's going on now. Yeah. Uh, that, that era just keeps on giving us just We just keep going down this road of like the rich people taking over our country and uh, screwing the less rich. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, oh, I mean, yeah. you know, what, what are the, what are the young kids doing today? What are they, what are they doing about politics or, you know, what, are, what, what's their form of rebellion back then? It seems, Hashtag you know, activism. Yeah. I mean, that's probably, I mean, that's one Avenue, but you know, back then it was like, 
the, I don't know. There was more of an underground because that's the only thing there was. Now we got the internet. There is no sort of underground. It's uh, everything is out there front and center for millions of people to see if you want to see it. And, you know, when I think about, I don't know, a band like Fear or something, you know, I mean, it's like, whoa, I've never heard of them. And wow, that was, now if, I don't know. I just don't know if that, that same sense of activism exists, can exist in this sort of like technological world of, of hyper, uh, what do you call it? Hyper profileism where you, 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 yeah, uh, you um, can get a million hits on YouTube. I don't, I don't know. And it doesn't seem like, I don't know. I, I listen to college radio here and it's just like crazy shit and no one's really, and, and don't get me wrong. Maybe I'm generalizing, but I'm not hearing any of that politically active music. I'm hearing a lot of politically, politically active commentary yeah. on those stations, yep. you know? So it isn't like they're just like totally out of touch or anything. I, and, and really I, I couldn't tell you on if they were in or out of touch because I'm, it's not part of my, uh, they're just not part of my, uh, I don't run around with those people, you know? Yeah, they're but, not on the uh, radar. They're not on mine either. Right. Really. Yeah. And so it's hard It's hard to say, but I um, I don't feel that activism musically like I did back then. And I don't know if it's because, I don't want, you know, back then it felt like, wow, I'm really jumping onto something that no one else is jumping on here and I'm doing my own thing and, and it I'm, felt I'm pure, another right? crowd. It felt pure. It felt like unsealed. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, it did. And and now everything seems to be, have the undertone of, uh, undercurrent of capitalism to it. I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's overgeneralized. All the uh, 20 year olds listening to the show is like, listen, to these old geezers go on about the old days of punk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, Oh God. Well, uh, yeah, here's the thing, man. Like now, everything is so confusing. I read, I was reading these articles about alt right furries, and then you see like insane clown posse, like juggalos marching, and they're labeled a street gang now. Like everything, <laughs> everything is so fucking mixed up and an amalgamation of all these other different things. And I want to talk about this news story because this warps my mind. So Eminem came out with his rap song against racism and against Trump. And the whole comment thread is like, he's part of the deep state now. And the new ministry video, he, they have a song called Antifa, and it's a pro-Antifa song, kind of, but not really, if you listen to the interview with Al Jurgensen. And they're like, Al Jurgensen's been bought out by George Soros, and he's part of the propaganda deep state now. And these people that think there's like this government inside the government, like now that Obama's gone, now they have shifted to there's a secret government inside the government still somehow pulling the strings. And now they've usurped the music world and through either payment or coercion, they're mm -hmm. getting all these bands we used to love to sing songs about the evils of Donald Trump or fanaticism or the corporate oligarchy. And we know they're just bought off by George Soros. This is like, I, I have a hard time even saying these words and processing this, Rick. <laughs> well, uh, now I don't know what to believe, you know, with this whole, like, social media, fake accounts and stuff. I mean, who's really writing this stuff in? Who's really, now it's just like, it's all convoluted, you know, just some the punch bowl has been pissed in to the point to where we just i don't i don't know what the hell to make of it you know like the what was that the net neutrality fcc got like 20 million or something 20 something blah 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 um 
pro pro no more net neutrality anti net neutrality emails and come to find out that they were all fake sent from some sort of fake uh uh server bot yeah. or whatever yep yep so you know i mean anytime someone sees you know you, you go on the internet it's probably somebody's job to go look and look for any left leaning or liberal sort of activism or act, you know something like that and then you know go straight for that and uh, go go to those comment sections and just you know fill them up. Don't don't let any don't let any sort of like um, counter yeah any infiltration of different happen. ideas. And yeah, I'm going on these threads and I'm looking at people who listen to Eminem for 30 years and they're like, "Fuck him! I'm burning all my Eminem albums." He's and this these and these comments are insane. They're like, "He's a politically correct social justice warrior hired by Hillary Clinton." And I'm this like, is Eminem. Okay. You're talking about Eminem. <laughs> he talks about raping his mother, and he's too politically correct. I mean, you're talking like, about Eminem now, yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. all the stupid conspiracies behind, like everything from the Earth being flat to, like these people don't think we made it to the moon. We didn't have the technology to make it to the moon, but somehow NASA has forced labor camps on Mars. Like their their conspiracies <laughs> don't even make sense within their own little fantasy universe, Rick. I mean, this my tongue's about to snap off its fucking roller. This is so crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I see a lot of your posts. They are filled with uh, hopeless rage and yeah. <laughs> like, railing, railing at the, I don't know, the the right, if you will. But you know, I get, I just get worried more so than these people. I I, I cannot believe. I mean, if people are going to go that have been Eminem fans, they've been going off that long. I don't know. I, I have a hard time believing it. What I do believe is that we're getting to this point and it's a propaganda tool where you, you just, you just, like I said, piss in the bunch bowl enough to where nobody knows what is going right on. Nobody well. knows yeah. what's right. And no, nobody knows anything. And, and I, I don't know. I'm, I, well, I'm, instead I'm of, not, it's like one of I'm those things, right? Convinced. Go ahead. Oh no, it's just one of those things. Now it's to the point where, it's like people want to be uh, there's there's something geared toward everybody and everything. And so instead yeah. of having a differing opinion and, and being like, okay, let's have an honest debate about this. There's something out there where somebody can grab one, like you were saying, and just hold on to that little bit and just say, well, no, this is what's really happening. This is what's really happening. And they just turn a blind eye to everything. You know, look at, look at the, the Alabama uh, race. The Roy Moore still Last hasn't conceded. Yeah, he, he still said has, God he has, has hasn't conceded for him to get in there. Yeah, and you're yeah. and you're looking at all these people that claim this and claim that, and it's like this dude is a freaking pedophile. But you guys are willing to, you know, it's like, you know, and put and put people on TV that are blatantly like just ignorant, just ignorant people on TV, and they have no problem making a fool of themselves because their pockets are getting lined from whoever to, to go out there and say what they want to say and do what they want to do. So, Well, yeah, I think my well, favorite line in a song is um, no effects has a song. Idiots are taken over or have taken over. And they have a line that says majority rule doesn't work in a mental institution. And I feel exactly. like that's exactly what we're fucking <laughs> living right now is like the, the lunatics have taken over the asylum. Yeah. Uh, I do. And certainly an oligarchy, if nothing else. And yeah, well, I I don't know. Maybe you're right. I mean, when like, for instance, the Roy Moore stuff. I mean, when when people are so I don't know what 
I'm, I'm speechless, right? Because I'm just, yeah. I think about it, I just go like, what? Tom, you know, common you sense is completely don't... gone. I know. <laughs> it's like completely okay, gone, man. <laughs> I'm a, I am a liberal. Look, this, the, this, the, uh, the earth is round. Oh, well, yeah, that's just a liberal plot. You know, it's just <laughs> like, you just, you can't, it's so polarized that no matter what you can't, there's nothing to agree on. There's no, no way to reach across the aisle, quote unquote, because everybody's so, um, yeah, the, the beliefs of the other side are just so un, un, unbridgeable. The chasm is too deep. I mean, I can't, you know, it's like we should reach out and talk to the, to the racist and, and really get his take on what, uh, you know, what, and, and you go like, I don't know how I'm supposed to do that when they think that white power is, you know, the, you know, I just can't, I can't bridge yeah. a lot of those ideologies and I'm, I'm, and it's become worse. And I, and I honestly think that places like Fox news of are, they just keep it going and keep it going. Oh, they're saying there's going to be a coup week. by the FBI oh. is going to perform some coup and take out Trump. And like yep. they're the enemy. And John Walsh, who is very conservative, was like, I turned on Fox News today and they were bad mouthing our FBI and in our intelligence community and praising Putin. We're, like, what planet am I living on? And that's John yeah, Walsh yeah. saying that. Yep. Yep. So that's how far down the fucking rabbit hole we gone. All right, we've got to get out of here. We got our next next guest coming up. Let me end on a positive note. Um, and I'll put this out to both of you guys. Do you feel optimistic about 2018? How are you guys feeling? Is it a sense of dread? Or are you like, we made it through this year, the world's gonna keep spinning? I just hope Trump goes to jail. But me too. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I ha I'm going to have to wait. I'm going to suffer until we get to next November when we are going to rise and crush. The blue tsunami is going to come and crush the motherfuckers <laughs> that are in the office, in office right now. So that's my take. Guarded optimism. Fingers crossed. All right, um, Rick, are, do you got anything musically coming up? Any digits reunions? Any um, kind of no, uh, I, anything coming up musically? I am actually in the basement as not as we speak, but working on some new music that I just sent a buddy of mine and I don't know what I will do with it, but uh, let it be known that I am actually making some music. Nice. Yeah. Here. We want to hear it. Yeah. yeah. Bring it on. I think, the, I think the last time we talked to you, Rick, you were like, I'm not, I'm not doing any music stuff. Really. I, you're doing more, you know, focusing on your job and your, and your other career. That's good. That's really good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, man. It's, you know, I, I got the time to do it. So I was awesome. like, you know, I, I felt that maybe, maybe it is the political climate that's got my, uh, my dander up. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, they always say, we were just talking about how like everybody before all this turbulence was like, yeah, Reagan era, Reaganomics that put out some great punk music. So, and I know, um, Dave from MDC just put out a brutal fucking anti-Trump album, and he hadn't released anything in like seven or eight years. Wow. There you go. Yeah, I have to check that out. Yeah, Mind Trump huh. is actually the name of it. So this okay. definitely lights a fire under people. All right, Rick, I hope you have a great holiday, and we look forward to speaking to you again. Thanks. Same to you, Theo, Dell, and D. Thanks for uh, everything, man. Talk to you later. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it, Rick. All right. 
right. All righty. So we've got our next guest coming up. Um, I have actually been talking to Jay from Narcoleptic Youth since the MySpace days. He was actually the first <laughs> band that I was ever into that I wrote and would have a conversation with me. And I got turned on to those guys from Deep Discount, or not Deep Discount, Interpunk, from Interpunk going on there and buying their albums. So let's get Jason from Narcoleptic Youth in here. D, you want to rev up some intro music and we'll do our thing. I am. Hey, you know, it's good to hear from you. We haven't had you on the network in a while. We have had you on air. We've had discussions. I love waxing political with you um, several times, a half dozen, if not a dozen. And somehow this is the first time you've ever fucking been on our music show. How is that possible? <laughs> you uh, even premiered your album on our political show. You're, you're the master of the, of the uh, radio programs. I'll just play guitar. Yeah, I don't know how it happened. Well, you know, One Nation Under Nothing I thought was so important. I actually wanted to get it on the political show so we could talk about it with our co-hosts and stuff back then. And it kind of skipped it. I don't even know if we were doing the music show. What year did that album come out, Jay? 2014? Yeah. I, late, were we Late 2014? Yeah, I don't think, yeah, Odell, you weren't doing this with me until, like, we had put the music show on hold and we didn't yeah, start it, it back out, up until uh, you sep- came September September 11, 2014 is when it came out. Yeah, we didn't even have a music show. We were on no. high before in that time period. So yeah. I think that's how we hadn't had you on there yet. But I'm glad you're finally on Musical Osmosis. Now I feel like the show has finally come full circle. All right. It's good to have you on. All right. So not going to get into a it'll, huge... It'll, it'll be nice to talk about something I know about. <laughs> Hey, man, you hold your own. I always like having different opinions on the political show. And, you know, we won't get into a political debate here because I want to keep it somewhat to a musical format. But somehow we've remained friends, even though we are on very different sides of the fence on a lot of different subjects. And somehow we're not, like, blowing each other Facebook pages up and flipping out. Well, you and I are grownups. It's okay. Yeah. And it's there's so little. It's okay. It's okay that you don't believe exactly the way I do. It's fine. You're you're entitled to that. That's the whole deal. Yeah, I wish everyone thought like that. Gosh, gosh, that's refreshing. That is so refreshing to hear that. It's almost (laughs) cool to hear two people with different opinions even say that to each other nowadays. Yeah. No. Well. Yeah, I mean, well, that's kind of what it's all about. You're supposed to be able to do that. Exactly. Those two being the operative word. Well, let me ask you this. And like I said, I don't want to get political per se, but I would like to know now that things are so like chaotic politically, has it changed 
like the shows at all? Has it changed the fan base? I know Bruce Dickinson just from Iron Maiden just came out with an article saying that all these people are showing up doing Nazi salutes and kind of fucking goose stepping through the crowds. Are you seeing like people get more inflamed at the shows? Are you seeing like Nazis trying to infiltrate the punk community again? Is the politics changing the scene at all down on the ground? Well, I live where I live and I don't really see that any more than it always was. So you don't think it's amping up any, the politics is staying separate and out of that scene. Cause you're in a pretty liberal place here in California. No, I mean, I, I would say politics always has a strong hold on what people think about what people are frustrated about, but I wouldn't say that just because of what's going on, there's a bunch of Nazis everywhere. I don't think, I don't think that that has one thing doesn't have anything to do with the other, but, as far as that goes, I don't see it. So, I mean, any more than I saw it 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, I, I know you guys lean more right than you do left, which is unusual in the punk community. Because I don't want to say that because uh, not all of us do. Ah, okay. Well, the ones that do, do you guys get any pushback from that? Because I remember talking to you on MySpace, and I was like amazed. I was like, wow, these guys have a song called Slick Willie about Clinton, and I've never heard a punk band kind of tear into a Democrat. And I thought, and I liked it. I thought it was unusual. Do you find that people are so much less accommodating today that's, that that is disruptive, or does that not touch you at all? I don't really know, because I don't think we really make it a main focus. I mean... We are what we are. If you don't like it, then there's not really anything I can do to change that fact. I mean, we don't come out and say one thing or other just because all of us don't agree. So I would never speak for every single one of us on, on stuff like that because, the, you know, the same relationship I have with you, I had with my drummer for 20 years. I was going to ask that question. I was going to say, how, what are the talks like, you know, amongst the members of, of the band as far as, like, when, like, certain things come out and you're like, well, you know, actually I feel this way. Well, no, you know, I really feel this way. You know, how, how does that dynamic work? It's pretty civil. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> everybody, has, everybody has different lives. Like, you know, what, what affects my life and what I grew up with and what I do for a job and how I make my money and is different than what somebody else does. The same as Nick is the same as John is the same as anybody else. You know, what, 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 motivates me and what changes me and what makes me form my opinions is probably completely different than Nick or somebody else, you know? Right. And people just have to remember that what I do and the things that influence me are not the same as you. I don't have the same life as you. I didn't grow up the same as you. I don't have the same job as you. But we're in this weird place now where you can't really talk bad about the government anymore because it's Trump's government. So I could see somebody, and I always tell this story on air, and maybe I've told it before when you were on air. I I remember one time driving around with my buddy Pickle, who leans really far right, and I put Annie flag on, die for your government. And he's like, get this fucking government-hating liberal bullshit off here. And then I played it for him like a few years ago when Obama was in office, and I was like, you like this song? He's like, yeah, I love it. I was like, really? Because you said this song was liberal bullshit like five years ago. But it wasn't liberal bullshit because then he hated the government. Now somebody would hear One Nation Under Nothing and be like, you don't like this country, Jay? Get out. You don't like Trump? Get out. So that's why I'm surprised well, there isn't anything that was, negatively. That was, that was a different time. But I still would say the same thing. The same things still hold true, whether it's Bush, Obama, or Clinton. All those things that are in that song, that are, it's 
still the same. It doesn't matter who's in. I mean, if you want to say, oh, I agree with this guy and oh, I agree with that guy, establishment is establishment no matter who it is. But how much of that touches you when you guys are going through the writing process? I mean, do you try to keep separate from that and stay on an even kill? I mean, it seems like you do because really your music has such a great spectrum to it. I don't. I don't. I don't personally write a lot of the lyrics. I'm more involved with more of the music. Um, I know that as a whole, we would rather present ideas and stay neutral. You know, kind of like what you're the Switzerland of punk rock is supposed to do. Kind of like what a news agency is supposed to present ideas. You're supposed to formulate your own opinion. Yeah, gotcha. you wish. Uh, I wish, yeah, well, I that wish doesn't happen now in any way, shape, or form on any side with anybody because, you know, whoever prints it first is the winner. That's the way it is. I just want to print it first. It doesn't matter if it's true. I just, if it's first, then I win. We can always retract later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, retract page, it on no like the 10th page where nobody cares. Yeah, yeah Exactly. Sure. Like way on the back. Uh, you know that one little comment I called you? Yeah, well, we're sorry. We didn't mean it. As far as it's, it's not any of our opinions to say you should think exactly the way as I think we'll, we'll present ideas and we'll say this is going on. How do you feel about it? Maybe you should form an opinion about it, but there's never going to be like you should do what I do, because if you're not like me, you're not cool. Like that's not I don't we're not interested in that. You know, a few years ago, this video came across my feed. It was the um, anniversary of Three Mile Island melting down. And they had a video, Walter Cronkite, reading the news about Three Mile Island. And it seemed so foreign to me because there was no bells and whistles. He's sitting there in a suit with that newscaster haircut. And he's just like, this is what's happening. And there was no slant to it. And I've been so conditioned by this toxic environment for so long, I almost didn't know how to fucking process it. I was like, well, I will like, say I, I will this is say one thing. Used to be. I will say that's not important because we're going to switch live to the chase on the five freeway right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. I yeah, just need to exactly. But yeah. isn't that crazy, though? I remember when um, I would walk out of the room, even up until the age like 14, 15, when my parents had the news on. It was so boring. And it was just well, the sitting there reading stuff. Yeah, well, that was the thing. That's what made, you know, and, and, and that's what made the real newscasters or the news reporters so legit back in the day was to, even though they were giving you the news, they were giving it to you straight. But like, you know, for example, a person like Walter Cronkite or a person like Dan Rather, who was on, you know, right there in the front lines during the Vietnam war, they weren't giving you a slant. They were giving you, you know, what is going on? Here's the footage. Here's the men. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not an entertainer. Not an entertainer. Exactly. And now with the 24-hour news cycle, you have 22.9 hours of it as entertainment instead of actually real news. And if you want to watch the real news, then you're going to have to, you know, stay up till like 3 o'clock in the morning to watch, you know, a quick blurb. And then it's back to, you know, opinionated uh, BS pretty much. Or you're (laughs) going to have to watch the BBC because, like... I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much BBC you guys watch, but it's it's like night and day. I mean, it's like old school news. They'll be like, and twenty five people died today as a bus yeah, wrecked I off of the freeway. Yeah. And the governor, you know, and the the prime minister said that he didn't like it, and they just move on. And it's like no, it's like oh okay, 
And what's yeah, but now? E- but even with the BBC News, you got to also remember that they give you that news, but it's government ran, so they're right. going to give you the straight and narrow. But if like you were talking about like the real journalism, you know, you got to you know you could you got to you know go to the to the other BBC channels to get the real yeah. in depth stuff, not the opinionated well, stuff, but the real in depth stuff. Let's just be honest. Can people really be impartial? Is that really a reality? Is that really possible? No, yeah. not really. Not. I don't know. I don't think I can. I don't think it's possible. I don't think to be 100% impartial in every situation for years and years, there's no possible way. It's impossible. Oh, no way. People are yeah. people. Yeah, but see, I think I was lucky because I've got a degree in political science and I had a really good professor and he used to make us write flip-flop papers where we pick an issue and then we write presenting both sides of the argument. And I think that's one of the skills I was able to carry with me when we did the ignorance equation and I would have different opinions on. And I was always grateful to Mr. Sig was his name for presenting it in that way. I think that helped me a lot. Everybody should have to do that at some point. I agree. For sure. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Let's talk some narcoleptic youth because this is a music show. Um, what do you guys <laughs> have coming up for 2018? Do you have a new album on the horizon? Because it has been a little while. And is Modern Age um, Decline? Is that still happening? Kind of update us on all no, things, the Jason. Singer, the singer of Modern Age Decline has had a uh, problem with his throat. And I don't know that he's going to make it back from that, but we'll see. Oh, wow. So that's wow. kind of on hiatus. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of a terrible thing. He's my best friend growing up, and I, I feel pretty bad for him. But he, he's doing what he can, and I, I just don't know what's going to happen with that. I'm not super – I'm trying not to pressure him to do anything that's going to, you know, make him worse or whatever. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. So what's going so on with narcoleptic youth? You guys got a lot of doll hut. I know you guys are big – you know, you guys play the doll hut a lot, right? Uh, yeah, quite a bit. Um, it's just local here and, uh, it's easy. And, you know, one of my buddies owns that place and he's super big into the scene, giving people a voice to, to do their thing. And, and he, he does a lot of stuff for the scene here. So, um, I feel like it's, it's good to give back to that a little bit. Um, we are playing some bigger shows. We're doing a show with TSOL on January 5th at the observatory with, um, Lower class brats and JFA and ukulele. Ooh, that's Heroes. pretty awesome. I wish I could be there for that. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be pretty good. Um, that and we're just we're kind of just now getting comfortable with our new lineup, and um, so hopefully we'll start uh, playing a little bit more in our free time instead of focusing on you know being ready for shows. And maybe we can come up with some new stuff. Maybe. Nice. How do you feel nice. about the punk scene today? Like, um, you just said you're going to play with JFA and Lower Class Brats and all these bands that have been around forever. Do you do you see, because I'm not da- down there on the ground level anymore on the battle lines, do you see a lot of punk bands coming up now that kind of encapsulate that whole punk culture and idealism? Or has it morphed into something else, like down on the base level of it? I don't I think that's a judgment call. Like, I don't know. I don't want to say, I mean, is there bands that are playing that are good, that are doing what everyone else did at the time? Yeah, they are. There's plenty of bands that are coming up and coming up with new stuff and, and, and saying what they believe and, and touring hard and, and, and being super into the scene and promoting shows. There's a band in LA called Corrupted Youth. They do nothing but play. They do nothing but promote their own underground shows. And the, the guy hustles, 
a hundred thousand times more than anyone I've ever seen. Oh, and it cool. shows. Yeah, and it shows. Well, I'm glad that Spark's still alive. I mean, Adele, I feel like we get into our mid-40s, and like I was telling Dave earlier, I was like, you know, I feel like because I can't contribute music-wise, I don't have the time, I don't have really the talent, I don't have the endurance, <laughs> um, but I'm glad that I can. I have this punk knowledge I've accumulated over 20 years of reading zines and listening yeah. to music, and us doing the playing that we did do and releasing a little album at least, I feel like right. I can give back to that community by maybe turning on yeah. the next round of kids to all these yeah. fans who inspired me. And, you know, like I was telling Dave, not just musically, but in life. Like, I've got punk rock encoded on my DNA. Yeah, I mean, if I, I, I do it with my, my kids now. I mean, they're, they're eight, four, and two. But, you know, I'll come down here and, you know, the opinions that I've formed or the, the beliefs that I have, you know, a lot of it comes from, from that. So you're sort of passing that, you're passing that along in a sense. And then, like, I'll just pop in certain things that, you know, of course, that I, I, I can play for my kids and they'll be like, Oh, what's this? And I'll let them know what it is and tell them about it. And the reason why they're talking about it and stuff. And, you know, of course my four and two year old just run away cause they, they could care less. But right. my eight year old, <laughs> my eight year old, he'll sit there and he'll be like, Oh, okay. And then all of a sudden I'll be like, Oh, and that guy knows this guy who knew this guy and then this band and stuff. And he's just like, Oh, okay. And it starts, so uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. And I think, um, like, for example, when we went and saw the Pits uh, a couple weeks ago when you came into town, you know, there was a lot. It was a good crowd. It was a good mixture. It, and, 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 and in Baltimore, there's always been a, a pretty good uh, a hearty punk scene. But it was a good mixture of, you know, you know young, um, older people. And, it's, and, like, and, and it's, like you said, it's all the, pretty much the same. It, you know, they're there for they, yeah, they've I heard mean, it. I, they, I, assure, I assure you there is some wild crazy backyard parties in la and i mean oh yeah i've been to them they're gnarly like it's 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 still pretty pretty raw i mean it's it's happening yeah but we are in a strange place which i think is a good thing where like my dad who had all these interests that I wasn't interested in. He wore clothes I would never wear, and he listened to, like, fucking Barry Manilow and Grand Funk Rail... Rail... Rail what is it? Railroad? Railroad. Grand yeah. Funk Railroad. Yeah. And all this weird stuff, like, I can never get into. We're in this place now where my kids listen to the music I listen to. My kids will borrow one of my shirts. And I just feel like when I was young, my parents were fucking aliens to me. Hey, just, just, just sit down and realize this. I will rock some burial man a little. That dude writes some sick songs. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but at thirteen, at thirteen years old, you're not thinking. I mean, I'm just saying, dude. I'm just saying. <laughs> Were you in the Barry Manilow when you were 13? Because that would make you a very unique individual. No, and, and the funny thing about this kind of stuff is I was just talking to one of my friends about this the other day is that, you know, if you were to tell me that I would dig Elton John at this time in my life, I would be like, no way, dude. You know, isn't, but, that, isn't that a beautiful a, thing? As, as a musician, I, I mean, I think as yes. a person, I, just, I get older and I appreciate things that I didn't appreciate when I was, you know, 17 and F the world. Exactly. I'm just yeah. going to go, you know, I know everything. And you know, I, I'm not really like that. You know, I'm a little bit mellower. I appreciate a tune. I appreciate a, a well-written song. And, you know, everyone knows I'll, that Hollow Notes is my favorite band. 
There you go. I was telling, I was telling, um, uh, uh, Nick, I was telling one of our friends, I said, what I do now a lot is I go back and get albums of bands that I not, I didn't necessarily felt, you know, when I was a teenager or a young adult. Now I'm like, huh, you know what? I'm, speaking of, you know, Elton John, I'm gonna go back and get this Elton John album because I like this or, you, you know, you have access to it so easily now that I'm, you know, I'm going to go ahead and get this other Zeppelin album that I never heard about because I wasn't really yeah. into that particular album. Now I'm like, oh, this, man, this is pretty good. It's funny yeah, how... Probably, you, yeah. No, it's true. You're so And true, I seek so that stuff out, too. I remember I saw you at Mariana's wedding. I was like, man, I'm getting into all these weird bands like Killing Floor and Egg and like just all these psychedelic yeah. 70 bands. Um, oh, what was his name? Moondragon. It's Moon Dragon Cat. And I, the thing that was weird to me is here's a guy, I looked up his record sales, and he was doing it. He was like semi homeless, and he was kind of like um, Wesley Willis. Like he was kind of like uh, a wow. savant, yeah, um, yeah. semi homeless guy in the late 60s, early 70s who came out with all this music. And I went and looked at his record sales, and like his top record sold like maybe 20,000 copies. And then he's been dead since like the 80s. But you look at his YouTubes, and they have like 6 million views. And I'm like, yeah. this guy is reaching six million people with one video, that which is just his song with his face on it. It's not an actual video. It's just mm -hmm. one song, and they paste his face there. Six million views on this. Six million people's listening to him. Where his twenty albums of his whole career combined never hit that. And that's what's crazy about the modern age of how we consume information and music. Yeah. Well, some people are just ahead of their time, buddy. You know what are you gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, like, I really feel like. This, I really ahead, love Jay. this like really. I, I love this really obscure like jazz album because my dad used to listen to it when I was a kid, and it's super obscure and it's from like 1967 or 69. I think it's 1969, some jazz festival in Europe, and it's like amazing. And I listen to it now, and I'm like, this is a really relatable now. And probably when people listened to it then, they were just like, "What is this? Like, I don't even know." But it was so mm -hmm. ahead of its time that there's it had no chance. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, kind of going back to how you become more open. I was such a closed-off dick metalhead, and we were coming back <laughs> once on the bus from a um, fucking field trip. We went to like the Smithsonian or something because I lived in Southern Maryland, and we were playing metal songs during the whole trip. And some kid was like, "Hey, can you put this in?" And they put in "Doing the Butt." I don't know if you guys remember that song. And I was oh, like, outraged. Yeah, I was like, get this shit off here. I hate this. Shut up. And even my metal friends were like, dude, we've been listening to metal for like the last 45 minutes. Let's like <laughs> let somebody else play. And I was like such an asshole back then. It's like kind of embarrassing. Well, and, I mean, I think that that's how, that's how you are when you're young. You get older, you learn a little bit and you open up a little bit and say, hey, like the, these artists, which is that's what they are. They have something to, to add something to offer and that always like oh i hate this band or oh i don't like 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 i see all these punk groups and they oh i hate this band and this is terrible and this is, i mean really just don't listen to it it's fine it's not a big deal you don't have to like spend your energy hating something for it to like it almost proves that that's good you know what i mean i just don't understand it yeah yeah, yeah i've never understood that i've never i've been one i remember uh riding with uh our, our good friend ben and um when i rode in his car it was punk rock and when he rode in my car it was rap and then eventually he was like hey check this out and he and he you know he played like ska music for me 
And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then he was like, hey, check this out. And then he played Operation Ivy for me. I was like, oh, this is good. And all of a sudden, and then I would do the same thing with him. And then eventually it just became a thing where we were, you know, he was listening to Funkadelic and all that stuff. And I was listening to more punk and then it just blossomed. So. Yeah, I mean, punk rock yeah. definitely opened me up to being open to not just different types of music, but different types of everything. I was really rigid because of where I grew up. And um, I really think punk exposed me to a lot of that. And that's a, something that guy on the street wouldn't understand about punk. You know what I'm saying? Especially mm-hmm. back then. Well, if you look at a lot of, if you look at a lot of punk thing, like I see a lot of like punk forums and punk like Facebook groups and this and that. And it's all about like, are you punk enough? Like this is punk or this is old punk and this is new punk. And like, I mean, does it really, really matter? But there's like, always yeah, been that. Yeah, I know. There's always like, dude, Sex Pistols are the punkest thing ever. Like, no, bro. Like, No Effects is the punkest ever. Like, you're not, you're not punk because Sex Pistols is 78. No Effects is like 92. Like, you're, yeah. you're not punk as me because I'm older than you. My jacket is thicker. Like, I was just like, 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 I know that there's this whole thing, like, now, like, if you don't have a certain amount of studs on your jacket, you're not punk. Like, if you don't have 300 studs, like, it's like flair from office space. Oh my God. Yeah, but it's like, it's like, I purposely, like, this is the way it is, right? So, I made a jacket, right? I purposely didn't put one stud on there. Because I don't want to be, like, I don't want to be that. I don't want you to say that. Like, I, I'm glad that you don't think I'm punk. Like, I really don't care. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel like right now, and this is with music, this is with politics, this is with everything. Football, I see it a lot in football. We live in this Kirk versus Picard world where I'll see people argue about politics, but both sides will be so misinformed or uninformed. It's like they're having a fictional conversation because it's a lot of, well, this is going to happen. No, this other thing's going to happen. It's no different than when you go in a chat room. It's like, no, Captain Kirk was better. Fuck you. Captain Picard well, was better. You, I mean, do you, do you remember when you were a little kid and your mom said, monkey see, monkey do? Not any different. They're just taking what somebody else said and just repeating it. They're not looking into it or checking it out or anything yeah. and are formulating their own opinion. They're just saying, I'm this way, and this is this way. I've seen people say countless times that there's no way that you can be a punk rocker and be right-leaning or, or even libertarian. So that, to me, tells me, in my opinion, where, where I'm from and where I grew up, you can be anything that you want. You can think anything that you want. That's kind of the whole point. But now there's these people telling me you have to be ultra liberal, like, or you're just not. You have to follow the. Well, I got to push back a bit, rules. though. I don't think you can be alt right and be punk. I didn't say alt right. I mean, I don't right. even know what that. I don't even think that's real. Like, I mean, alt right. If you're a racist, you're a racist. You want to hey, come yeah, up with yeah. a new label for it? Go ahead. That's fine. But let's call yeah. it what it is. You're a jerk. I'm not a jerk. You know, I'm a relatively mellow guy who knows what's going on and can formulate my own opinion. Doesn't mean I have to think exactly like you. And for them to say, oh, well, you, you can't be this because then you're not following the ideals of punk rock. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know, man. That seems a little far-fetched to me. Oh, yeah, I used to get it all the time, being, being an a African-American kid that used to skateboard when I was younger. And yeah, mind you, I'm, I'm in my mid-40s, so I used to like skateboarding when I was a little kid, teenager, and most of the black kids we're like, man, white kids do that. Why are you doing that? But it's so funny now you turn around and that's like the biggest part of the hip hop community is skateboarding. So I'm like, ah, oh, 
Well, yeah. How, how, the, how the years have changed. <laughs> and I'm glad those barriers are being broken, too. I mean, but you remember when those movements are made, right? Like, I remember the first person of color I ever saw in a metal band was Rocky George and Suicidal Tendencies. I guess they're kind of a metal crossover punk band. And that yeah. was a big deal. And we're like, holy shit, like, yeah. everybody can enjoy this music? This isn't just white exclusive? Well, yeah. But being like a yeah. white dork from the suburbs... At 14, 15 years old, what the fuck did I know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you don't know shit about the world, not the mechanics of the world. You may think you know everything, but you don't know, like, the, yeah. the mechanics of how yeah. shit works. All right, let's end on a happy note, because we got to get out of here. Um, Jay, 2018, feeling optimistic. I don't think I ever got an answer. Do we have a new Narcoleptic Youth album on the horizon? That's going no. to be released next year? No, nothing for 2018? <laughs> no. It won't be within this year. That's oh, sure. that makes me sad. So you guys won't be... Does it? Does the writing process take a long time? Because I think um, One Nation Under Nothing... God, I lived in Virginia Beach when I got your last album. I mean, these albums... If you, if you look at them, we're running four to five years between. Yeah, and I remember the old days yeah. of billboard charts and all that, like in record stores... Bands came out with albums every year, like clockwork. If a band came, like I remember when Def Leppard's drummer lost his arm and they didn't do an album for three years and people are like, that's going to be the end of Def Leppard. How could you ever go three years without releasing a new album? <laughs> well, I don't want to burst your bubble, but I'm pretty sure that Def Leppard has a lot more money behind them and a lot more people concerned <laughs> about what Def Leppard is doing than what I'm doing. Yep. <laughs> uh, don't cut yourself short. <laughs> I mean, let's just keep it real. <laughs> how do we know you're not part of the deep state maybe you've got that sweet sweet george soros money behind you hey i'm i i assure you what's what money's behind us is what money we generate ourselves yeah it's Amen. way behind you all right let's end on I that where can everybody you. find narcoleptic youth online narcoleptic or on facebook narcoleptic youth band right also on. instagram narcoleptic youth all righty um jay right. i want to thank you for calling in tonight we're gonna yeah, take man. a couple minutes and kind of wrap this up here it's good hearing from you man i'm seriously i'm glad we finally got you on the music show yeah let's do it again it's always fun we all, all right, right man thanks bud all righty um i think steve was having some issues he's out on the west coast with all the fires and everything going on things have been chaotic uh, steve yeah so let's kind of um, last music show of the year. We're going to be back next year with Ben Jaffe from Honey Honey talking about nice. some of the solo stuff. Those guys are doing him and um, is it Suzanne? Uh, we have Suzanne so many Susies Santo. on the show. Suzanne. Suzanne. Santo. Santo. Yeah, we had her yeah. on months ago. Um, so let's kind of end on a positive note. How are you feeling about music going into 2018 and nationally, Odell? Are you feeling semi-optimistic? Oh yeah, I love. I mean, there's always going to be something out there uh, uh, that I'm going to you know find or grab onto. There's a lot of really good bands that, like, unfortunately, you know, I think with just the way corpor corporations have taken over the radio waves, especially the big ones, um, you don't get to hear them. But fortunately, with uh, the 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 college radio stations and the podcasts and and um, different Is it ways, all different TV, Disney now? Didn't Disney pretty much buy out everything? Disney is just taking it all. 
<laughs> Disney but and no, Viacom. I might as well just like hook a cable from Viacom into my fucking cerebral cortex and then a fucking cable from Disney and stick it up my ass and that's all I'll ever need. <laughs> and then you're good. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think there's gonna be some really good music uh coming out. Um you know, we, uh, hopefully we can get a, some of these bands on here, which will be really cool. Some of these artists, because um, I think they're, I think you're starting to see uh, uh, um, where I think politics are starting to come into the music, and um, uh, and you can just, especially in like hip hop, I've been really seeing yes. it a lot in hip hop of late, and um, I would really, I think you know, if we can get that voice out there and stuff, I think people would be really. Um, intrigued by what they're hearing agreed all righty guys i want to thank everybody who has tuned into the show in 2017 i want to thank yeah. every guest we've had we've had some incredible guests this past year some of them were on we again tonight. and i could not feel more grateful or lucky man we have been truly lucky to just be able to have these conversations with a lot of people i grew up being hero like they were my hero like being yeah. huge idiot fanboys of yeah really insightful um, really insightful, uh, minds. Um, I think a lot of people, uh, think of a lot of times as musicians as just a one trick pony. And then all of a sudden, you know, they listen to the podcast or they read their interviews and, 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 and even get on Facebook and see what they're posting. And you, you're looking at people that are really involved and want to be involved in what's going on in this world and in this, in this community, especially the music community and, um, have a lot to say. And it's, it's really good. It's really, really good. All righty. Well, I want to thank you for being my co-host in 2017, Odell. I put it up. I put it actually in the credits of the little video we did for the piss. You truly make the podcast special for me. Oh man, I appreciate it. I think I'm, I'm, I'm like I always tell you and D. I'm honored to, to do it. And I know, uh, you know, from basically uh, from August to the end of the year, it's been sort of a, a whirlwind for me. But uh, hoping next year to really like dive in, delve in, and dive in more into uh into this and, and and do some more writing and some more album reviews and stuff and just ready to move on from 2017 <laughs> amen fingers crossed all right yeah um, man all right guys
Smalley, thank you so much for calling in tonight. I know you've been crazy busy, so I appreciate you being flexible and making it on to the show. My pleasure. Nice to be here. Thanks for uh, having me back. Yeah, the last time we actually had you on, we were doing our 12-hour launch episode. Um, this was back last July, and I'm glad like we're kind of talking about this because you had said something that really stuck with me. I went back and listened to that episode and you had said that you feel like you provide the soundtrack to your friends, you know, your friends and fans' lives, and you take that responsibility seriously. And that's something that always stuck with me. And I'm going to try to kind of carry that perspective into the new year. I really like that perspective. Awesome, thanks. Well, you know, um, say what you want about me, but one thing you you would hopefully have to say is that I mean it. So, um, yeah, definitely. I don't think you do what at least I don't do what I do without being convinced that it's a great thing to do and that it matters, you know? So for sure, that's, that's my, uh, that's, that's one of my philosophies anyway. Yeah. And I don't think you can do what you've done for so long. So well, if that passion level wasn't there and if that dedication to the fans wasn't there. So we all appreciate that in the punk community. Well, thanks. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's why do it if you don't love it and you don't believe in it. There's, there's, and that's true whether you're, you know, uh, an accountant or a, you know, a custodian or, or, a, you know, whoever, like whatever you do in life, you should be proud of it and, and do it to the best that you can. And if you don't really love it, then just don't do that. Do something else, you know? Yeah. And I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's a lesson that's sadly lost on a lot of people, especially nowadays. Yeah. There's a lot of people who really hate their jobs or, or their lives and, and that's and it's not that easy to just go get a new job, you know. But um, at least start, you know, getting on the path if you're if you're really unhappy with your scenario, um, which everybody has at different points, right? Like nobody has a blissful life, and you know, from the richest of the rich, you know, you see all the rich news of chaos and whatever, uh, you know, especially nowadays, um, right? Uh, of like people who have everything, and yet even they are often miserable and. So uh, it's 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 really important to try and, and and regroup and hit a reset button. Yeah, I mean you've sure. always got to keep pushing for that next thing. And we talked a lot last time you were on the show um, about the, just the history of Dave Smalley, the contributions you've made to the punk community, to the punk music world. So I kind of want to focus this interview on 2018, and I want to talk a little bit about your new project, Don't Sleep. Um, 2017 being such like a chaotic, toxic year politically, how much is that sinking in and kind of seeping in to your songwriting process and just the whole kind of vibe of Don't Sleep? I mean, I know we had Dave on from MDC earlier this year, maybe about two months ago, and it inspired him to put out a whole new album when he hasn't done an album in about six, seven years. How much is this current toxic um, political environment kind of influencing your music? Um, you know, some, but not that much. I, I've really, I've never been a super political guy um, in, in music. And, and I often find that no matter where you fall on the spectrum uh, as an artist, you're going to alienate 50% of the people, right? Yeah, so yeah, that, absolutely. If you look at the last election, it was about a 50-50 split. So, so you're talking you know, about your, and, and, and not even caring about the record sales or any of that, you know, that stuff doesn't matter at all, especially in the punk world where we're not, 
you know, becoming rich off of this anyway, you know, but, but why would you want to, when I hear an artist or an actor, let's say, because they seem to be the most, um, the most, uh, loud about their opinion. Like, I don't want to know what they think politically. I just want to watch them as a, an actor on the screen, you know, and, uh, and, and I don't have to know what, in fact, I don't want to know what Helen Mirren's politics are, right? I just think she's a great actress and incredibly dignified woman. And so, like, I love that I can go see Helen Mirren, and I have no no reason to to like, dislike anything about her life. I just buy into her character because she's such a, a great actress, right? So that's just one, of course, endless examples. Whereas, you know, you can't go see some of these guys without thinking of what, their politics are and that to me is a disservice to their craft i don't really care i'm not going to change my opinion because you know one person tells me how i should vote or 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 whatever that that's that's not why i would make a decision in my life and i just think that people ought to just shut up and uh not you know not contaminate almost their their art their own personal political beliefs don't i'm not saying don't you know contribute to causes don't you know go to fundraisers or whatever but when it's like a overwhelming part of an actor or a or musician and that's all they talk about and that's the instant association you have with them to some degree they've polluted their art with their own personal politics and even if i agree with it i don't want to know you know so so that's a long-winded way of answering your question which is you know my my punk rock Life is about trying to march to your own drummer and trying not to be beat over the head with daily life problems and trying to regroup and, and have a, a reason to, to fight on when things get crazy and hairy. So those are the kinds of things that, that I've always stood for. And, and those are, to me, much more important than any temporary political stuff. Well, let me push back on this idea a little bit from somebody who used to be in a, a punk band that often tried to tackle cultural and political issues. Don't you feel like when you're writing and you're passionate about certain causes or certain subjects that you should never inhibit yourself? And if you're a political oh, guy, like so, I'm a political so animal. Me, they, people can do whatever they want. This is America. This is a free society. People can do whatever they want. I'm just talking about for me what I want to do gotcha. and, and how I re and how I react. So like, you know, there's some things like, you know, um, there's some artists like Dave, you know, Dave Dichter or whatever, you know, lots of, you know, very, uh, impassioned things that he says, and that's cool for him. It's just not my, that's not what I do, you know? Gotcha. And, um, I'd say as far as the caustic political environment right now that you mentioned, I think what's really most distressing to me is, is the level of hatred, uh, yes. that's, coming between people right now so i want to be the guy that's like hey you know we don't this doesn't have to be gunfight at the okay corral where only one side standing at the end like let's remember what a great country we have in so many ways and and the, the great people that have come in this country you know from its founding through to today and let's concentrate on the good stuff and i'm going to be the bridge the good I'm going to be the one that people turn to when they want to um, 
remember why they should get out of bed in the morning. And I think we need more um, political, or not even political, but just more voices like that that do want to bridge that gap. I did a political show for years where we had somebody from both sides of the fence on, and I tried to mediate. And unfortunately, during the election, it just became unsustainable. But I think we should all be bridging those gaps. I definitely have respect for you for trying to do that. Yeah, I, I, I used to play poker with a bunch of guys, and we, we had guys, it was it was great because we had guys that were, you know, hardcore conservative and hardcore libs and, and like just, and, you know, some guys in the middle, libertarians, everything. And, and we all got along fine. We just played poker. And once in a while we talk about politics and, you know, it'd be a little teasing or a, you know, very light discussion, but mostly, you know, we just kind of got along. We concentrate on things that, that united us, which in that case was a bunch of dads. So we talked a lot about our kids and talked about how, you know, um, we hated whatever football team or, you know, I talked about the Red Sox and the Yankees fan would give me grief or whatever, you know? So like we, we didn't, we chose to either ignore or, or accept that there were differences between us and, and, and just, you know, just keep going. And it was great. We didn't you hear that guys take a page out of Dave's handbook. We should all be acting that maturely. All right. We've only got a few minutes left. I want to talk about your new project. Don't sleep. Um, the one thing I was wondering, because you are somebody who has been in several bands, been involved in so much in music, what do you think is a main component, if any, that separates Don't Sleep from past projects? Is there anything that stands out, or is it kind of like you're just going in and, and it's business as usual? You're just going out there to put kick-ass music out into the ether? No, I would say that Don't Sleep is a very unique entity. Um, I think it's, you know, every band or or or, or uh, album, or, or if you're a painter, every painting is a result of a particular group of factors at a particular time that can't be replicated at any other time. It couldn't have happened 10 years earlier, and it couldn't won't happen 10 years later. It's that moment and that time that created that artistic spark. And um, I would definitely say that with Don't Sleep, you know, this came out of very uh, humble and, and honest beginnings, which is they wrote to me. Uh, asking me to listen to some of their songs in another band that they were all in. And I listened to them and loved it and started, you know, uh, corresponding with, with uh, one of the guys in the band. He and I became friends. And then, hey, you know, we'd love to play with you on your solo show up here. Awesome, let's do it. So we did that. And hey, let's do some, some Dag Nasty and Down by Law songs. Cool. Right on. That. And so it kept on building organically. And then, and then we talked about them writing some songs and and uh, Tony and Tom were our main songwriters for that. And they sent these, I don't remember how many, probably three or four of the first songs that we did. And I was just like blown away. You know, they did such an amazing, it was a spark, right? It was a spark that came from our work together, our honest joining and friendship. And, and they, they just, they hit it out of the park. And I was very inspired by what they did. Right on. What do you guys have slated for 2018? Um, I've got one of your songs here we're going to play to end the show with. Do you guys have a... I know you have some vinyl out. Is I couldn't find it, though, released digitally because I wanted to go get the album. Yeah, I think that we're putting out a, a single uh, or something digitally um, that's going to be on vinyl and digital uh, on Reaper in the very near future. And, um, and that, is, uh, it, that will be available digitally as well as on vinyl, colored vinyl too. It looks really, really rad. Um, and then uh, I, I think we're, you know, we're just going to do some shows right now. We're playing a benefit for a skate park 
uh, up in Harrisburg, which is where the guys are from. Nice. And, um, we're gonna we're gonna do that, and that's true to my you know my background because I came from you know uh, I was never a great skater myself, but I was always you know associated with it, and certainly a lot of down by law fans were skateboarders, and um, you know uh, I have great connections and spiritual connections to the to that world, so I'm happy to do that. And um, yeah, just uh, just I, I think we're gonna do it one thing at a time. You know, we're we're all kind of. I'm too uh, busy and crazy with, you know, both down by law and life, you know, to, to do much of long-term touring, but gotcha. uh, I think we're going to, we're going to do some, some three day weekend type shows, some festivals and just, just fun stuff. All right. Um, let me end with this. I know you're a huge ACDC fan. We're talking also this episode about all the musicians that passed away since this is our music wrap-up episode. Malcolm Young just passed away. And I know last time you were on, we were talking about Axl Rose joining the band. It really seems like getting this age, one of the things that's kind of a bummer, I'm 46, I'm sure you're probably right in that same era. One of the bummers, me coming from the metal world before the punk world, is watching all these guys who were the soundtrack to my life pass on. And it's really kind of a sad thing. And, I'm, I'm, you know, ACDC, as we knew it, is kind of gone. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, I guess they could convince Cliff Williams to come out of retirement and, and uh, you know, and, and get back Brian Johnson if he gets his uh, hearing problems resolved. And, right. You know, still have, still have Angus. And, uh, you know, they, they have a couple of good, you know, drumming options. But, um, you know, Phil Rudd, obviously, you know, but. So they could still do it, but it would take a, a complete reset, you know. And um, I, don't know, I feel like uh, it would be great if they did, but they left a mark, you know. And that's the only thing in life. And again, it doesn't matter if you're if you're a, a, you know Malcolm Young. Or, I mean, of course, he, he impacted you and me and millions of others, you know, so much. But you know, did you leave a good mark on life? Did you do what you did and kicked ass and 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 left a positive impact? whether your circle is five people or 5,000 or five, you know, million, did you do, did you do it right? And before you checked out of the hotel and, um, you know, I'm going to always try and do it right. So that when I do check out of the hotel, people will say that about me, you know, like he gave it a thousand percent and he kicked ass and took names and checked out on the right note, you know, and that's, if you can do that in whatever you're doing in life, you know, again, from, from Burger King drive through to, you know, you know, whatever, uh, politics, acting doesn't matter. It's just everybody needs to concentrate on, on doing it right. And, and certainly Malcolm Young, you know, come on, man. That's, he's that yeah. unsung hero. Everybody knows, everybody knows Angus and Bon Scott and Brian Johnson, but, but, you know, Malcolm wrote most of those songs. So. Um, right. And that and band's you know, a machine, too. And that's the important thing is that band is, was such a cohesive machine. And ACDC yeah, didn't right. have to morph or change up their sound. So many bands will go along a 20, 30 year stretch and they're indistinguishable from their first two, three, four albums. But ACDC was such a fucking machine. You could put any album on and you know it's ACDC. Yep. Yep. They, they set and then broke the mold. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and the weird thing about mortality, you know, is, is how many, unfortunately, punk rock guys have, have started to pass now. And uh, that's, a, that's another, you know, unfortunate part of, of growing older and, and watching your, 
your peers and your friends and those you admire, um, even in the punk world, start to, you know, to, to, to disappear. And um, I've seen, you know, my friend John Stapp um, from Government Issue yep. uh, you know, passed away not too long ago. And uh, uh, John Bunch, um, you know, uh, passed away. And um, uh, there's just been, you know, increasing numbers of folks. I think I just saw a, tele- a text or a Facebook post from Tesco V saying that one of the early guys that was in the Meat Men uh, had passed away. And uh, They're having Rick know, Sims on from the digits in a little bit, and his bass player just passed away last year. Or, right, or it might have been right. even a bit earlier this year he passed away. Yeah, that's, that's horrible. You. And, yeah, and, you know, it's just, I guess it's an unavoidable part of of, uh, of of life and death and the, the circle but um you know when you when you live long enough to see it, it it's, it's definitely a stink you know so uh you know tip, tip of the cap and go see your favorite artist you know and and i'd include you know myself in that too you know i don't i don't know when grim reaper is going to come tap me on the shoulder i hope he doesn't come for a while but you know just go see your favorite artist you know that's a big thing i'm so glad i got to see on multiple occasions um, because, you know, and all the changes happened and, and, you know, like you say, I'll probably not get to ever see that again. Certainly I won't with with Malcolm. So Yeah, I I saw Sublime at Capitol Ballroom in D.C. about two months before Brad Knoll died, and I am so lucky I chose to go to that show. Right, yeah, totally. And, And there's a guy, you know, young in the prime of life, you know, the band was getting huge and so, and then, you know, and then that happens. And so just, you never know. And I don't, it's not like you should get up every day and be, oh, every, everybody's going to die. I'm going to live in, in gloom and doom. But you should make sure to go see your favorite artists, uh, you know, if you have the opportunity. Because life is, is weird and short and uh, you never know. Well, let's end on a happy note. Tell everybody where they can find you. And are you optimistic about 2018? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm always optimistic, man. I mean. Yeah, we, we have, uh, you know, hardcore and punk are, are, are alive and well, better than I probably would have predicted if you'd asked me in 1982, you know, will you still be doing this and, and still be making records? And, and then, you know, I, I put out a Don't Sleep album and I'm like, wow, that's that's so energizing and so powerful. And we're not, People you know, are still hungry for honest music. That's what keeps punk yeah, alive. Yeah, and, and Down By Law just... Just uh, you know, just signed a new record deal, so so that that album's going to come out, you know, next year, uh, 2018. So, so as far as the music front, personally, I, I love it, and and we're you know, we're older. To quote to quote Gang Green, we're older but wiser, you know. And, I, um, yes. And and then as far as the other stuff, man, and just just remember, everything goes in cycles, and what is bad one day will be good another day, and vice versa. So just 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 don't uh, don't get too close to the edge of the cliff. You don't need to jump because you know you're gonna things will get better on in another another period. Whatever your feelings are about whatever issue you're you're wrestling with. Yeah, wise words. All right, Dave. On your way out the door, tell everybody where we can find you online. Don't sleep down by law. All things Dave Smalley related. I know you've got a Dave Smalley page as well, and you're probably maxed out on your personal Facebook. Yeah, my personal Facebook is maxed out. There's there's another uh, there's another page that that a fan started that um, that I, I appreciate, and um, that still has some openings, or maybe it doesn't have any limit. I don't know, but but uh, 
you know, and then as far as Don't Sleep and Down by Law, they all have their own pages. And the the cool thing about Don't Sleep right now is we, we have a very select group called the Don't Sleep Army. And we stole that from the Kiss Army from the 1970s. Yeah, I and remember when that was a germ so, of an idea on your Facebook page. Yeah, well, we got a small but dedicated group. In fact, there's a Don't Sleep Army page that's closed. You have to apply to, to get on it. And um, we're working with a couple of really great artists to come up with the logo that will be tattooable. Um, and once you get that tattoo, uh, you get in free for, oh, for life. To don't sleep show. I might just have yeah. to. Right. It's worth it. It's an, it's a worthy investment, if nothing else, right? Um, Does it matter figure, where you get the tattoo? Well, I personally am not going to want to look at it if it involves um, some 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 places on the... So I'd, I'd recommend arms or, or legs, you know, or, or even necks or, you know, but... It doesn't have to be overbearing and huge. You could get a small don't sleep tattoo and you're in for life. Correct. Yep. Yep. So... Wow. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's so. Uh, yeah, we'll 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 post those pictures pretty soon. I think we're still talking about which one we're going to use, and um, we've gotten a couple of really great ones. And uh, Bobby Brown, uh, who's a friend of mine and an amazing uh, artist, has has submitted a couple of really crazy, cool-looking skulls with the Don't Sleep uh, logo on it, and so it looks it looks pretty pretty ba. And just from a marketing standpoint, that's smart. I know that's probably not why you're doing it, but marketing-wise, that's kind of ingenious. Oh, what, to, to have the tattoo idea of yeah. like, getting in free and everything? Yeah, yeah. I, it isn't why I'm we did it, but it is a, Barnum a fan. So that is like so like P.T. Barnum-esque. Right, yep, yep. So, yeah, get your Don't Sleep Army tattoo and uh, come on into the show and don't pay a lick. So there you I go. Don't. All right, well, let's end yeah, it. Yeah. Dave, I want to thank you so much for calling in tonight. I know things got hectic, and I want you to have a very happy New Year's. I couldn't appreciate it more. Thank you, brother. You guys, too. And, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And that, that is all part of what makes music stay alive. You know, I've always said it's like a fist, you know, music and, and punk in particular and hardcore. Like, you know, the bands are just one finger of the fist, but it also takes, you know, great fans radio and, and journalism and print, you know, to, to cover it and clubs that'll book it. And I forget what the fifth one is, but anyway, there, there were five when I came up with this philosophy that made a fist and, and it does take that to, to make it all happen. Cause if you only have one finger, if you only have the band, all you can do is poke somebody, but if you have yeah. a fist, you can make a dent. So that's fucking keep powerful. Yeah. And the way that I look at it is I got out of the music scene. I stopped playing in bands and I was like, but I still want to contribute. So if some 20 year old can tune into the show and get turned on to down by law or MDC or the digits or any of the gets, any of the bands that we have on the show that influenced me as an artist. And in a lot of ways, just as a person, then I feel like I'm paying it forward just by turning on new people to a culture they may have never been exposed to. Right on. That's well said. Absolutely. Yep. So, so yep. that's keep how on, I do my on, little bit, I guess. Keep on playing it and paying it forward. Yep. Amen, brother. Right on. All right. Thanks, Dave. You have a great New Year's. All right. You too, man. We'll talk to you again. Uh, everybody have a great 2018 shooting from the hip here coming up. And we want to thank you again. And we're going to play some of Dave's new band, Bring the Light, by his new band, Don't Sleep. Good night, guys. Bye.